Well, hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. It is, of course, our race report podcast, all part of our EKN trackside coverage. Episode number 109. It's Wednesday, March the 13th. My name is Rob Howden. David Cole will be doing the heavy lifting here today as he was down south at the start of the United States Pro Kart Series for the 2023 season. Their opener, the Southern Grand Prix at the Orlando Kart Center in Orlando, Florida. David, before I jump in to present the show's presenting sponsor, cool to get the season underway. USPKS, obviously a great start. Great start to get that program uh, underway. Great time to do it. You know, March obviously is a great time to get down to Florida, be at the Orlando Kart Center for the second year in a row to open up the United States Pro Kart Series, which entered its 11th season. So very exciting time. Uh, surrounding uh, this program as it continues to be uh, you know, one of the largest in the country. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, obviously, in this first segment, we'll jump into the overview. We'll have a look at the by the numbers as well. But this week's show is presented by Parallel USA. It all started in 1994 when former car driver Albino Parallel decided to move his passion from car- for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Parallel was born. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products. We run a factory race team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Peril and Chassis lineup for 2023 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for junior and senior drivers, the 28mm Opportunity Model for the Cadet Classes, and the Daytona 4-Cycle Chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Perilin. For more information, head to PerilinUSA.com. Uh, obviously, Parallel uh, has been one of the top carts, uh, David, in uh, uh, in cadet competition. Not surprising. We'll be talking a little bit about that probably throughout the uh, this show as well. But again, the opening round of the USPKS, the Southern Grand Prix, March 10th, 11th, and 12th were the dates on the calendar. You mentioned already the Orlando Kart Center in Orlando, Florida, kind of the, uh, the focus of karting through the month of uh, March with the USPKS, Florida Winter Tour, and the Scusa Pro Tour all having uh, events here during the month of March. But again, round one, I have a five-round championship, but we don't want to go too much into it. But again, round one, not one and two, round <laughs> one as a single main event format for the 2023 season. That's exactly it. You know, ushered in a new era for the United States Pro Kart Series, not having double round weekends. And this was just a single round event, very similar to what you see at the Florida Winter Tour, Supercarts USA, Super Nationals, and of course, all in Europe as well, because... They do it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> one winner. <laughs> one winner. One winner in per category. That And that was the biggest thing. That was, uh, you know, we'll get into it more a little bit into the paddock pass. But uh, yeah, it was a very exciting, again, different. It just had that different feel because, again, something brand new, a new era ushered in uh, with that format. Uh, and, of course, weather. You know, when anytime you get to Florida, that was obviously a big topic. And, and it got warm Sunday. Uh, nearly into the 90s wow. uh, in the high 80s, low 60s each day, but, you know, clear blue skies, a, f- a little cloudy. Uh, I think it was Friday evening. Uh, they actually did have a little bit of rain sprinkled down um, but overnight, and and that was the only precipitation. So essentially it did rain on the weekend, but not while we were on track. What about humidity? Was it, was it humid down there? No, you know, not so, not 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 the the humidity you're used to in homestead. So that that was a good thing. Um, so yeah, it was just really sunny. Uh, right. You know, we had a good steady breeze throughout the weekend. Luckily, it was from the west and not the east because it would have brought all the limestone from the asphalt and concrete 
manufacturing that goes on next door that would have brought all of it over like it did last year when the winds changed direction and came from the east so uh, but again still makes the track a little bit dirty uh, with with the breeze blowing around you have uh, basically a dump uh, a dump next to a, a car dump or how do what do you want to call that a uh, I don't know what they call it again I can't think of basic- the name of it like a junkyard junkyard that's the word yeah <laughs> junkyard go. dog yeah uh <laughs> it's basically a junkyard next door so all those cars sitting there collecting dust and debris and all that great stuff gets blown over into <laughs> onto the racetrack so uh, uh it does make for a little interesting uh you know when carts go off it, it is a dusty kind of sandy dust so it's not really dirt so it does kind of slick things up a little bit and of course when the weather gets hot what happens to the racetrack it's very, very greasy. So yeah. uh, that was that was pretty much the, uh, the the story regarding the racetrack all weekend long. Well, let's go to the buy the numbers as we do in all, every edition of our debrief here. Again, talking about the USPKS Open, the Southern Grand Prix in Orlando. Rob Howden here with David Cole. Uh, <clears throat> David, high watermark last year, big start at 323 entries. And anytime that we talk about 100 being a, a solid uh, number for you know, a, a, a club or something like that. Uh, 150 for a regional, man. You get into close to the 200. All of a sudden, you're up to that big major league race. Over 200, then 250. USPKS settling into these numbers at over 300. 323 last year, 303 entries. They were able with walk-ups to get over the 300 mark. That's their third, is that their third race in the last two years, over 300? Third race in the last two years. Wow. So it's the third highest because the GoPro event last year, the second round or second weekend of the season was, I believe, at 308. So just below that. Uh, but yeah, so Orlando's been able to produce, you know, over 600 entries over two years. Man, isn't that crazy? That's fantastic. Uh, cadet category is looking really strong 31 in the micro category, 46 in mini. Uh, number of drivers moving up a little bit because we did see a jump in the KA100 junior class. So you expect a number of drivers. We talked about this, David. In the outlap, a bunch of rookies going into KA100 Junior. 56 in KA100 Junior, 57 in the senior category. Ends up with 113 drivers running in the KA category. This uh, this class, this, this level of competition has really been cemented over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you could run a, a series with just micro, mini, KA100 Junior, KA100 Senior and if you want masters and call it quits, yeah. I mean, those numbers alone uh, are solid regional uh, program, if not almost national, you know, numbers. So uh, it's, it's, it's incredible to see those numbers. And again, the, the, the spectrum in terms of talent, you know, range from some of the nation's best all the way down to club drivers still coming up and, and racing. Nope. You there? Yeah. I thought I lost you there. Oh, sorry. No. Nope. All right. Yep. Yeah, you, you, the inflection of your voice. I didn't think you were sorry. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> had it. it's what happens when you're not in the studio together, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm of course up in Canada. David's in Grand Rapids, so we can't quite see each other. We probably should have. We don't even have the, the video on right now. We could be, we could be looking at each it other. It would probably drain too much of your uh, internet bandwidth. Uh, so you're the one that drops all the time. I don't. I've had I do not recall that. So all right, all right. <laughs> anyway, uh, X30 Junior and Pro 29 for the junior drivers, 39 in Pro. Not 57 that they had last year in the X30 Pro category, but we said before, almost 40. So almost still a full field. So you can't look your nose down on that category at all. Uh, Obviously, the two new ones we should touch on, David, here in this edition of By the Numbers. 
KA100 Masters, the Masters category running X30 last year. They make the move to KA100 this year with a bump up to 27 drivers, six or seven, yeah, six more drivers. I just think the KA100 Master program is going to be strong and it's going to grow across the entire uh, country this year. We talked to Brittany Loba last night in our show, our face to face show. Uh, about the TSRS, the Texas Sprint Racing Series, and how it's got a solid group of Masters drivers. This KA100 class, I think, for Masters is a really well-suited. Just the performance and the actual drive itself, I think, really suited for Masters drivers. Yeah, and I think, you know, this brought in, you know, drivers from the Florida area. Uh, you know, we saw that at the Winter Series where yeah. the numbers were really good there uh, in terms of the X30 side of things. You know, so it was made a great transition for that. And then we're going to head the United States Pro Kart Series heads to Texas next year, which, as we talked with Brittany, it's one of the largest regional programs, uh, 4K 100 Master right now in the country. So uh, I think, you know, don't be surprised if we do hit that 30 mark for K. I was, gonna, I was even going to say 40. Test. I was going to well, say 40. 40, 40 <laughs> I think 40 is a stretch. I think, you know, because, again, you got you got a, I would probably say about 15 drivers that are for sure going to be at every single race. Uh, if not, maybe more. So 15 to 20. And then, so you're going to add in at least 10 local drivers where you go. That's, that's kind of where I'm looking at it. All right. That makes sense. Um, you know, because you go to Houston, we're going to go to motorsports country club where they have a good following of masters, regional drivers in the K 100 category. A GoPro obviously is going to be big numbers as well. And we'll see what we get at Newcastle as well too. So you got to get that mixture of, of everything there probably. So, I think 30 is going to be the the mark to to be at for K100 Masters. I like it. I'll let you finish things off here with apply the numbers, David, because obviously one of the really the biggest thing that was added this year, other than the change in the event format for USPKS, was it throws in a pro shifter category, which you kind of need to, you know, that USPKS is obviously the top national program in the, on the East Coast, if not the country, with the numbers they're getting right now. They don't go, of course, west to make it a full national program, if you will, in air quotes there. Uh, but adding the pro shifter brings that big show in the, the, the top level of essentially, you know, gearbox carding, uh, 18 in total for the first weekend of pro shifter. I think that's a pretty good number to start the season. Yeah, it's a great number, you know, and they were, they're gain they were setting the goal at 20 because that's what the payout was going to be. And then, and they ended up saying, okay, we're too short. We'll, we'll still pay out the purse, uh, for the category because they did get that close to with 18 drivers. Um, and again, it wasn't looking that way about three weeks ago with, I think they had less than 10. So, um, good numbers there. Again, you know, you have national champions in the, in the category with AJ Myers, Danny Formal and Marnie Kremers, along with master champions, such as Jordan Musser. Uh, you had Andre Martins track owner of Orlando cart center getting involved in the race as well too. Uh, Victor Yemenez as well. So um, it brought in a few Masters drivers as well, too, for the category. Again, not necessarily racing for the win, but a great opportunity to get track time. You know, I'm assuming Muster's getting it uh, for, you know, testing to uh, the, the Pro Tour Winter Nationals as well. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's a good balance. Personally, me, I didn't I didn't like the idea of adding Shifter, but it was a great addition, uh, you know, following the first weekend of having them there. Uh, and again, it's you can't you can never get away from that sound. You can't you cannot <laughs> smile 
when you hear guys pulling gears down the straightaway, yeah. guys and girls, sorry, 100%. guys and girls down the straightaway. Yeah, 100% on that, man. I love my shifter cars, as we all know. All right, folks, there's your first uh, segment here on this edition of the EK and Debrief. When we get back, as we continue to talk about the opening round of the USPKS program, uh, we'll head into the paddock pass. Dave's got a bunch of stuff to talk about uh, that wasn't on the racetrack, more stuff that happened in the paddock. Stay tuned. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store, and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs and Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Welcome back to episode number 109 of our EK and Debrief, our race report podcast where we take a deep dive into the event that happened uh, usually in the past week. And again, we're talking about the USPKS Southern Grand Prix, the opening round of the series for 2023. Over 300 entries logged. So obviously another massive event, the third biggest USPKS event in history. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole as we jump into the Paddock Pass right now. This edition of the Paddock Pass presented by Megapower. 
For over 20 years, Greg Bell has been building race-winning power for kart racers. The name on this program, Mega Power. If you want to win shifter kart races, it's time to put Mega Power on your kart. Mega Power specializes in gearbox engines such as the TMKZ, Rock Shifter, and IAMI Shifter. But with almost three decades of engine building experience, Bell develops winning motors for X30 and Mini Swift and everything in between. Increase your odds of winning in 2023 by calling Greg Bell today at 209-747-2613 to put mega power in your corner. All right, David, you got a bunch of notes down here for the paddock pass. A lot of great stuff happening. Start of the season, uh, driver moves, a bunch of different stuff happening to start off uh, this schedule for the USPKS. Yeah, more so than I could cover uh, on a Friday afternoon, especially with the format and and uh, and changing the qualifying to Friday afternoon. So made for an interesting day. Of course, you know, we talked about it in the numbers. It's another big one. You know, the the United States Pro Car Series having another event of over 300 entries, uh, as we said, the third time in series history and third time in the last essentially year. Yeah. Uh, dating back to last year's Orlando event. So um, but in order to accompany accompany the large numbers, you have to have the paddock. And last year, obviously, it was a tight fit this year as well too, a tight fit. But this year was a little better as, you know, Andre Martins and the Orlando Kart Center were able to pave the actual paddock itself. So completely repaved. Uh, everybody put down their tarps to make sure, you know, the the asphalt wasn't damaged as nice. everybody was there. But uh, just that alone helped to, I think, line up the trailers and haulers a little bit better than the than the way everything was lined up last year. So that that certainly helped uh, in terms of of getting everybody in. And I think they still have room to grow. I mean, now, mind you, there's not a lot of parking for passenger vehicles uh, around the racetrack, but they do have room to grow. Uh, in terms of of welcoming in more trailers and more tents, et cetera. So uh, it'll be exciting to see that. Uh, but also during the weekend, I, I, I think it was Sunday, I ran into both uh, Ricky and Jordan Taylor. They were in attendance to check out some of the karting events going nice. on. Um, they're actually talking with Parker Eves to uh, his, his family, who is connected with, obviously, the Hendrick uh racing team and so that was a uh, uh, cool to see them here checking that out and again they just came off what in, in uh december racing at the uh wk daytona kart week with uh, the margay ignite program yeah i saw that the margay uh margay actually has one of their carts i think up for sale right now <laughs> I yeah just saw that check it out on facebook yep so that was that was kind of the the, the uh the opening of 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 getting to know what was going on in the paddock uh, one thing I, I kind of focused on and, and we, you know, again, we still trying to focus on that with the United States pro kart series and all of karting is, is it's still a family sport. And that's one of the cool things you see a lot of times throughout the paddock at the national events, you see father and sons, uh, fathers and daughters, uh, you know, mothers, they're supporting and wrenching and doing whatever they can with their sons and daughters as well yep. too. But it's great to see. You know Tim or Tommy Anderson back behind the wheel now in the Masters category. It's it's crazy to say that with a thirty year old, but uh, racing. You know having his dad Tim on the wrenches. So welcome yeah, to my world, David. Welcome to my world. You've been around this long enough now that the kids that you used to cover in in Cadet yeah. are now are now in the are in the Masters. You've been yeah, around long enough. It, yeah, it, it is a strange deal. Yes. Cause I remember Tommy, Tommy as a little guy yeah. uh, going out racing for WK Eagles. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that, that was pretty cool. 
Uh, and then again, there was actually a full team. Uh, it was called T they're called team tarp. Uh, Lucas Palacio was under there. Aiden Levy. Uh, I trying to think who else was it? Kai Mars and, and another other driver as well too. But basically it was four drivers, four dads, all with Martin Pierce as their driver coach. Uh, it was a, so again, very unique things. And again, no, like not that. everybody, you don't have to be part of a big team. If you don't need to, you don't want to, you know, that's in the United States pro kart series has been one that encourages the club people to come and race and be part of, you know, yeah. something fun and unique. I like that a lot. You know, it's one of the things about this sport, you know, you go back and look at some of the, uh, you know, when, when at least on my, on my feed on, on Facebook and social media, you know, I have a bunch of vintage stuff. I have a bunch of, you know, people that have been carding for a long time. So you, you see that, you know, since the very beginning in the 50s, 60s, 70s, it, you know, it was always the parents were always there, man. You young guy, you know, you go back to Tony Stewart, him and his dad at the racetrack, right? It, it was, it's, it's such a family sport if you allow it to be, right? If you focus on the, on what is really the, uh, the, the positives of it, as opposed to, you know, whatever you want to get for your, your child, however far you want to get them to be, as long as you're deeply involved, especially early on, it gives them the opportunity to look back at this thing when they get to be older, for sure. Yeah, exactly that. So, um, and then the next thing, uh, you know, as you mentioned, as we we're starting this topic was, um, drivers with, uh, the same names and a new home that both yeah. included Caleb Gaffera and, uh, Hayden Jones, both join, moving over from Rawlson Performance Group, joining Trinity Karting Group, uh, making their uh, debut with uh, aboard the Kart Republic. So, um, you know, talked with them. They got comfortable with it, doing doing uh, you know testing here and there. You know, Jones obviously racing at local event as well too. So, and then testing down in Orlando. So again, just uh, kind of a uh, a weekend to 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 get accustomed to the uh their new homes as well uh yeah, and then again i would dave oh, i was trying i was watching a bit of it on cart chaser there and uh it was it was hard for me to pick up some of these guys because you know when you got guys in new colors you, you try to look at the helmets you know and you try, it was it was it, it was like back in the day before uh before like nascar and we had social media and we knew what was going on you watched the 500 for the first time you don't have 500 and you try to you have to get comfortable with what the cars these guys were driving it was the same thing i I was looking for Gaffer, I was looking for Jones or guys I was looking for on the racetrack and they were just in such different colors. I was having trouble picking them up. It was interesting. Yeah, that's part that's obviously part of it when uh when make people make that move, you know, you, obviously it was the same thing as a winter series with some drivers yep. moving up, you know, moving up to a new category or moving uh race teams as well too. So Yeah. Uh, and then the final thing, again, no longer single speed only at United States Pro Kart Series. We talked about it by the numbers, adding shifter carts to the uh, the class roster for 2023. So now up to eight categories uh, on the weekend. And again, you know, it focused or it brought together some of the best in the nation and from around the world. Uh, I think we had drivers representing, I think, at least six to seven different countries. Uh, of the 18 entries that we had there. Yeah, pretty wild for sure. Uh, good to see that uh, program add that uh, shifter cart component. As David said, great sounds, but fantastic drivers for sure. All right, into our next break, folks. When we get back, it's time to jump into the race report. We'll have a look at the X30 Pro category, the KA100 Senior Class, and we'll wrap up our next segment looking at Pro Shifter. Don't go anywhere. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Karting Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan, PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. 
Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for the 2023 season include the Ignite Majors, which begins with the annual trip to the Daytona International Speedway as part of the WKA Daytona Kart Week as part of both the sprint and road racing events. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regionally based Ignite Challenge, which just finished up a record-setting season in 2022. Local club programs have also been established in other states all across the country, from Idaho to Texas, Nebraska to New York, with more tracks and clubs joining the Ignite Karting program. Be part of fast fun and great memories with Margay Racing at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at ignitekarting.com. Get off the couch and out onto the track in 2023. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. Welcome back to episode number 109 of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howard alongside David Cole as he talks uh, about his trip to the U.S. PKS opener, the Southern Grand Prix in Orlando, Florida. We'll jump now into the race report, which is presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. Acceleration Kart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. They have a great website for you to order from and kart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the track. You can rely on them to get uh, you the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Kart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. Head to www.shopakr.com. All right, David, we'll jump in here with X30 Pro, the category brought to you by Franklin Motorsports. And here's the headline for the weekend. Duke Medjian caps off return with thrilling victory. Yeah, this category lived up to the hype again, yeah, something we wanted to see. You know, something we're not used to seeing is all these different names and drivers fighting for victory up front, essentially all because of what happened in qualifying. Ryan Norberg went out and did exactly what we thought he was going to do and posted fast lap in the session. Unfortunately, came in basically a half a pound underweight and was disqualified from the session. So he was going to have to start the main event from the last position 
uh, or the, the, the heat every heat race is yeah. from the last position and, and work his way up each heat race in order to, uh, to get a, uh, a solid starting position for the main event. So his disqualification put uh, Diego Canteca into the top spot and the pole position for all three heat races. Uh, unfortunately, just wasn't there race time uh, when both all three heat races were held on Saturday. Ended up being Pauli Massimino scoring the victory in heat one. And then uh, senior rookie Aiden Ingrata winning both heat two and heat three. Uh, Ingrata had an issue at the start or at the end of the opening heat race. Was in the lead. Uh, but as they were racing, I think it was him and Carr kind of locked bumpers together and he had no no way of turning and basically went straight off into uh, the end of the straightaway and and ended his race early. So they thought it was <laughs> it was funny. Everybody thought on the fence it was a uh, an engine failure. Thankfully, it was just couldn't couldn't turn the wheel. And uh, after getting a bumper lodged into uh, uh, Brandon Carr, oh. fellow senior rookie as well, too. So. Um, so we had Massimino, Ingrata, and Ingrata. So Speed Concepts Racing sweeping the three heat races on Saturday. Uh, Massimino finishing in the top five in heat one, along with second and third, or sorry, winning heat one, and then finishing second, both heat two and heat three, uh, putting him on the pole position for the main event. Diego Canteco was right there, able to uh, to only move over to the outside of the front row. With Brandon Carr and Eli Goldstein, the uh, driver for Race Lab and the TB cart coming over from Europe to uh, to be their entry in the X30 category, uh, rounding out the top four for the main event. The main event, uh, basically, it was, again, the focus was long race, 26 laps, and you're looking at over 50 seconds per lap. So it ended up being a, basically a marathon that a lot of drivers were not used to. And during that time, also tire degradation was an issue. Everybody in this category started on new tires for the main event because of the uh, the two sets per weekend uh, allowment. So the race started essentially a three driver breakaway. Um, it was Massimino, Canteca and Brandon Carr that were out front and pretty much had a good solid a gap over the battle for the fourth position, which was a lot of heated racing. Um, it included Ryan Norberg, who ended up getting to 12th, 11th, and 12th in all three of his heat races after starting 38th. So he started 10th. Wow. So you, nice. he was among those drivers trying to fight for position, but nobody was giving any inch. You know, that included Ari Dumezian, Zachary Clayman DeMello, Aiden Ingrata, Hayden Jones, a lot of drivers just all fighting it up for, for the fourth position. Eventually ended up being Duke Mejian and Mateus Morgado, the 2022 world champion that were able to break away from that P4 fight. And they eventually ran down the top three drivers as the race continued on. By the time uh, Duke Mejian and Morgado got there, they quickly knifed their way through those top three drivers, including Conteca, who actually retired once they reached there. He had some kind of a mechanical issue and pulled off the racetrack. So it was actually only four drivers up front then towards the end of the race. But it was Duke Meggi and Morgado that really showed the pace once they got to the front of the field. Morgado tried to tried and tried to get by Duke Meggi, but Duke Meggi just was a little bit more calculated, was able to uh, to kind of keep him at bay at being at his one of his home racetracks and uh, just just made the right moves and and was consistent over the last couple of laps to be able to uh claim the victory probably his i think it was his first victory since 2021 
at the United States Pro Kart Series. Uh, Morgado running, running the DAT chassis as well, right? Running on the, yeah, I was going to get to that when I broke yeah. down the top five. So, right. uh, so Morgado ended up crossing the line in the second position. Unfortunately, he was removed uh, following tech inspection. Uh, so that's kind of a, uh, an interesting story to follow as the season goes along uh, in terms of him trying to, uh, even if he's going to come back and race or not, you know, with the championship nearly, nearly completed uh or out of hand with uh with the disqualification yeah. that moved up ryan norberg uh from the third spot to second who was able to fight his way forward as we said started from 10th um he had a penalty originally but i think they rescinded the penalty i'm not sure exactly i still have to investigate that a little bit more obviously the end of the day is a little chaotic with people yeah wrapping up and officials trying to close up shop and get going and, and wasn't able to confirm that I heard afterwards that was the case. So still not sure if that's official or not. Um, and then, continue. Yeah. I was going to say, so then, uh, so that moved every with Morgado's the qualification, disqualification moved everybody up, uh, behind Duke Mejian, as you said, aboard the, the new DAP chassis manufactured by cart Republic to Norberg second, Aiden Ingrata into the third position. Uh, so he was a top rookie of the top five or of the field just ahead of fellow rookie Brandon Carr in the fourth spot with Tyler McIntyre up into the fifth position. Yeah, good run for McIntyre to P5. Solid. Yeah, solid drive for him. Masamina was in the fight as well, you know, um, and just once he got caught, fell backwards and continued falling back, thinking he ended up finishing in the ninth spot. Uh, hard charger went to William Batillier, 15 spot advancement started 31st up to 20th. But, uh, when, you know, really, when you, you look at the overall advancement for, for Norberg to come from where he was deep in the field into the top 12 in all three heat races and then comes home with a, a second run position run for him, uh, after the disqualification from Morgado, that's pretty impressive for Ryan Norberg. Yeah. Well, we'll have to set up an Excel sheet to, to grab everybody's qualifying position and then where they finish on the end of, of the weekend and see who's made the most gains. Out yeah, of that. I like we'll, that. we'll work on that for, uh, for Houston. All in all big, big win for Duke Medjian to come back in and kind of get in there and be able to fight with the, uh, you know, the guys that have been racing all you know, start of the season, all last season. So good for him to come back in and show what he's made of. Yeah. And we'll see if, if he continues on and, and fights for the championship uh, that's still kind of up in the air. Uh, depending on schedule, he's not sure yet exactly what races he'll be yet. I do know he's going to get a new suit, both a DAP suit and Cart Republic suit. So there is more carding in the future for Ari. What I don't, I haven't actually looked online. Do we know what what his plans are for this year for for racing? I know that he did some run, racing overseas, of course, last year, and some. Uh, I'm not sure. No, he hasn't confirmed anything uh, in terms right. of what he's actually mm -hmm. racing. So, like he said, everything's kind of up in the air right now. Very interesting. He was looking at. I know he tested with Carlin in F3. So, we'll see what happens there. Let's move now to the KA100 Senior Class presented by Mike Doty Racing. Here's your headline: Miles complete sweep for second career USPKS victory. Yeah, the quote-unquote rookie. Uh, <laughs> not much of a rookie after winning in his opening weekend last year uh, in the senior category. Uh, really was the the pacemaker. Uh, you know, he set the tone throughout the weekend, setting fast time and qualifying ahead of uh, fellow race winner last year, Brandon Lemke and former series champion, along with Connor Ferris in the top three. Uh, Miles won every one of his heat races in the split format, yeah. A versus B, A versus C, and A versus D. When he won uh, all three of those heat races well. The other three remaining races were won by Lucas Zabo, 
uh, Josh Campbell from the West Coast and Josh Holtz, who I joked around as being uh, one of the older drivers in, in the in the field. But I think Lemke's got him by a year. So uh, <laughs> so Holtz might look like he's the oldest driver when you when you look at him. But uh, I think uh, Lemke's got him by a year. So um, so, yeah, really wasn't sure who was going to be the driver to kind of put the challenge to Miles. Uh, moving into the main event, we had Miles on pole position with Josh Campbell starting on the outside of the front row with Lucas Zabo in third and Josh Holtz fourth. But it was Nicholas Tarekli starting fifth that ended up being one of the top challengers for Miles, along with um, Aiden Levy and many, many others. As early on, it was kind of just a wild uh, first half of the 26 lap race with just drivers going back and forth, back and forth. We actually had at one point, Noah Russer went from sixth to first in one hairpin corner. Now, mind you, this is only the first half of the race. I saw that. That was pretty impressive. But they're still, they're running defensive lines into the long straightaway hairpin. Yeah. And so I think Terlecki was actually leading or might've been miles just got to the lead through one of the corners and ran defensive while well, everybody followed him through. Well, Noah just said, choo, choo. I'm going to go right around the train. So uh, well, it was there exactly what he did. Wide open. <laughs> he held it. Yeah. It was match. Perfect. Staggered special. That's it. And uh, just amazing move. Unfortunately, the next lap, he made contact with uh, the wall in turn eight. So that kind of hampered his performance the rest of the way. And uh, we weren't able to see him towards the front again. Uh, but Terlecki and Miles basically uh, were the drivers fighting up front in the second half of the race. Uh, each of them led at a certain point, but eventually Miles inched away with the lead lap by lap as they kind of battled behind him for second. And at the line, it was only a nine-tenths victory with Christian Miles earning his second victory in USPKS competition and only his third start. Yeah, Levy ends up coming home in second, Lemke third, Phillips fourth, and Bela fifth, the Peyton Phillips. And is that was that uh was that Finnegan Bela? Finnegan Bela, right? Gavin was Finnegan, on the, yeah. Yeah, Gavin was on the shifter the weekend. So good job for Bela and Phillips into the top five as well. Uh all in all, though, David, before we go to the hard charger for, for Miles, what a great way to start the season here in K100 Senior to have that kind of, of speed on the week, the entire weekend, not just the day, not on Sunday. But the entire weekend has got to give him a lot of confidence going into the remainder of the season. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, this is one of those kids that is uh, among the top in the country for sure. And just, you know, something about him. And, you know, it's he's, he's almost like a, a little Lemke where, you know, the 100 CC category is just it's his it's his bag. You know, yeah. he just has a handle on it. Unfortunately, at the end of the race, Terlecki, who was, again, among the leaders, uh, throughout the race, a little bit of contact between him and Phillips. I think, again, a bumper situation where I think his got collaged in yeah. with the rear okay. of Phillips. He went straight off into the S's and just wasn't able to continue uh, recording a DNF because all in all, throughout the whole weekend, it was a pretty clean weekend for Terlecki. Unfortunately, that last lap kind of ended it all. Uh, hard charger and KA 100 senior belonged to Spencer mass on the cosmic up 15th spot started deep in the field <clears throat> 46. That would be dead last, right? There's 46 drivers in the field. So started last. Yeah. Got the final transfer spot yeah. in the, in the wild LCQ. That was again, that was one of the things we I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. in KA 100 junior and KA 100 senior start off Sunday morning. And I tell you what, the K100 senior, it was one of those that we, we love to watch <laughs> to where a guy who was running seventh, he went for it in the final corner and he got by, got to the inside of sixth place, but also made contact with the fifth place driver and took both of them out of the race. No, 
<laughs> but you know, as a guy on the sideline, it's 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 crazy to watch it. It's fun to watch it. It's just heartbreaking for both of those drivers. Uh, top of your head, do you remember who won that one? Uh, yes, it was the Franklin Merlin driver. Let me see if I can find his name here. I can't find it. I'm in the wrong category, maybe. You yeah, bring I'm it in up. the wrong category. I'll, I'll, I'll get started. You, you bring it up. I'll get started with Pro Shifter. You have a look for it. <clears throat> Pro Shifter. What? what? We can't go to the next one, can we? It would take you 10 seconds to find it. What, what if we just talk like this a little bit? <laughs> it was Al- Alex Feldstein. All right. There you go. Won the, won the LCQ. That's the way. Now, here's, here's, now I won't bring that up I was just wondering if you're, if you're going into the, cause you said, said two sets of tires, right? Did anybody put fresh tires on for the LCQ? I wasn't able to, to check the grid. I, I was busy, uh, getting the videos and photos and stuff yeah. like that. So you're no, working was, your ass off. There's no doubt about that. But I, yeah, I don't think, <laughs> see, that's the thing I, I should have investigated a little more is the tire rule for that category. I did for, um, the mini and micros they're on the one set the entire weekend the entire I, weekend. Did, I, I did confirm great. that i was talking with some people on sunday okay what I, I just again another thing i don't think about because i'm not competing so i just yeah don't even think about that all right let's go to pro shifter we'll come back to that later and find out when we'll talk to the mm-hmm. guys about it uh pro shifter presented by srp engines here's the headline formal becomes inaugural winner for new series class yeah it was formal that ended the weekend excuse me, at the top position. But to begin the weekend, it was former world champion and reigning Supercarts USA Pro Tour champion, Marnie Kremers, scoring what I believe is an unofficial track record. I'm not, I wasn't able to confirm or deny it, but in qualifying, lay down a 50.154 lap time to clear the field by nearly a couple tenths uh, in the session and beating out AJ Myers and Danny Formal. But in the heat races, it was Myers that stepped up to the plate and was qu- not the quickest on track, but was able to win all three heat races. It was actually Formal who had fast laps in all three heat races. So it was very weird. Formal was the quickest on racetrack, but Myers ended up winning all three heat races. Uh, Formal finished second in the opening heat while Kremers finished runner up in the second and third Formal finished third right behind him in those two races as well. So essentially it was a three driver fight that we we're going to expect uh, in the main event with Myers and Kremers on the front row. Uh, Myers was able to grab the whole shot, and keep the lead for the opening uh, eight lap or seven laps until going into turn one. It looked like he just made an error or dropped a wheel and lost a lot of uh, nearly spun out. Yeah. Uh, so both uh, Formal and Kremers were able to get by. Uh, he came around the racetrack, made it, made his way down the, the long straightaway towards turn. Uh, I guess no, I, I guess it's turn nine. Yes, turn nine, and went straight off. And so it, we thought, okay, it was either a me- mechanical issue or something. You know, something broke. Uh, it ended up being a um, uh, the uh, master cylinder gasket. Uh, failed. So he lost brake pressure uh, and was unable to slow down. So obviously a a terrible position to have that off, obviously a terrible time for that to happen being in the main event. So Myers recorded the DNF, um, the pass that Formal made as Myers made his first error. uh, That was the winning move as Formal basically led the remainder of the race unchallenged by Kremers. 
and Formal was able to pull out to a one-second advantage over the world champion to record uh, the inaugural victory at the United States Pro Kart Series for Pro Shifter. Yeah, big for the Rollison Performance Group, of course, Formal joining that team uh, last year. And also a big win for an OTK product, right? It's been a while since we've seen that one of the OTKs winning on the national level. Both OTK chassis and Vortex engine as well, too. Uh, you know, you think probably all the way back to maybe when um, I think he said when um, Artigo was uh, a winner at the Super Nationals might have been the last time wow. uh, a Vortex and OTK chassis won at, at a national event here in the United States. Wow. I think for, for the OTK, would you go back to probably Kyle Wick, I think, at the Pro Tour race? Maybe Does that makes sense for uh, Tony Kart, maybe I I don't so. believe he ever won on a Tony Kart. Did he? Did he not win at? Uh, uh, let's go back and look. I think maybe he, he did. did not win on a Tony Kart. If he, no, he was on CRG when <clears> he <throat> first began with Rollison. I think he was on a CRG, I from what know. I recall. He won the championship one year without winning a single race, too. <laughs> That's true. So, <laughs> so it's, it's an over one second win for Fermal. Kremers ends up in second on the Borel Art Machine for PSL Karting. Uh, another good run for Giorgio Carrera running the Lenzo Kart for International Motorsports. He's obviously been in the fight uh, throughout the first quarter of the season. Yeah, it, I'm sorry. Carrera. Yes, Carrera. Yeah, I, again, I, I, I'm not familiar with Carrera. Um, I asked, I would think I was asking you, I think he's a former, uh, USF juniors. Well, he, ran, he ran USF juniors last year, but he has extensive yeah. experience in a number of different F4 series over in Europe. He's actually got his gotcha. way. He's, he's also run F3. He's done, he's done a bunch of F3 races. So a very experienced driver who came over here last year to run USF juniors, uh, with international motorsports is kind of connected with them yeah. and continues to race with them in their shifter car program. They've got the Lenzo chassis. We saw a couple drivers on the Lenzo. He ran the Scusa winter series and. Yeah, I, I'm, I was kind of surprised that he's continuing here. It's a guy that I think we need to maybe reach out to to find out what the plans are for the rest of 2020. Yeah, along with uh, he and Carol mm -hmm. Pasowicz, uh, they yep. were the uh, the two Lenzo carts in the field. He actually finished, uh, I believe, yes, he was in the, Carol was in the fifth position, uh, but a uh, pushback bumper penalty dropped him out of the top five. That promoted Justin White uh, into the top five. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, Lenzo cart, it was kind of right there, you know, him and, those two drivers, along with Hunter Pickett, they were kind of the second group uh, throughout much of the the weekend. Uh, also, uh, Gavin Bailiff was right there, kind of on the cusp of, of entering the top five. They're still trying to figure out exactly how the the Cart Republic shifter cart frame works and seeing what 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 it likes and what it doesn't like. So, the, again, that's the one thing about having this category is is the opportunity for drivers to get more testing, more seat time. And, and uh, while at while at the racetrack racing one another, so. yeah, yeah, I expect these drivers to be there uh, in a couple of weeks' time when we head there for the Scusa Winter Series, or rather the uh, the Winter Nationals as well, right? So mm -hmm. good opportunity for them to get on track. All right, folks, another break in the action. We get back with the race report, which is being presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. We'll come back and talk about X30 Junior, KA100 Junior, and KA100 Masters. More to come after this break. Is IndyCar your dream? If it is, for 2023 and beyond, the path from karting to IndyCar has gotten even clearer. It's time to look into the new USF Juniors program and the brand new Tatus JR23. As the first step of the newly rebranded USF Pro Championships presented by Cooper Tires, the USF Junior Series will feature a six-event, 16-race schedule to train racers for the move into the USF 2000 Championship presented by Cooper Tires. 
The USF Junior Champion will win a scholarship worth over $248,000, and the total prize fund will exceed $330,000. The series will also debut the new Tatus JR23 race car in 2023, which is a development version of the USF22 used in USF2000. It's the ideal entry point for career-minded carters moving on to the car racing ladder. Safety is always front and center in the mind of the series promoters, and the USF Juniors car features a halo, and the races are supported by members of the AMR IndyCar safety team. If IndyCar is your goal, USF Juniors is the starting line. For more information, visit www.usfjuniors.com and follow USF Juniors on social media. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Kart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full karting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Kart Sales family today. Welcome back to episode 109 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole giving us a full report on the opening round of the United States Pro Kart Series, which took place last weekend at the Orlando Kart Center. Uh, worked our way through three categories so far as, uh, as part of this race report, which is being presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. We'll jump now into the X30 Junior Class presented by and Performance Group. And here's the headline. Rivera dominates to claim first career victory. Yes, it's, you know, this is a driver who's got a lot of momentum since November, picking up the victory at the Super Nationals, uh, done so throughout the months of January and February down in Florida and continued that this weekend. It looked, however, to be Stephen Miller, who we know has done really well at the Florida racetracks uh, over the last couple of years. He actually set fast time in qualifying, edging out Rivera by one uh, one hundredths of a second. Uh, with Teddy Musella in the third position. However, Rivera, once he got racing, was the driver to beat as he was able to cruise, not cruise, but lead the way in all three heat races to secure the pole position for the main event. Uh, Musella was the driver in the second position on the grid. So he it was a Rollison performance group, one, two, front row, uh, for the main event, as Miller started in the third spot, he had an issue in heat number two. I believe he was either leading or fighting for the lead with Rivera and had a spin. So he fell down the order in heat two. So that kind of cost him a few points and put him third uh, on the grid alongside Max Taylor. Uh, the main event, it was Rivera and Taylor who was able to break away. Taylor starting in that four spot. And those two Rollison Performance Group drivers were able to lock up and kind of pull away from the rest of the field as it was a heated battle for the third position throughout the entire uh, 20 to 26 lap main event. Rivera actually led 
the final 22 laps was challenged by Taylor late in the race, but was able to fend him off, especially on the final circuit to be able to claim the victory. Uh, it was a close finish for tenths separating the top two drivers at the line. However, Taylor suffered a pushback bumper penalty. Uh, so he got three seconds added to his time. Thankfully they were out far enough ahead of the field to be able to hold on to that runner up position. So it was Rivera in the top spot and Max Taylor in the second position for a Rollison performance group one, two finish. It was actually a Rollison performance group one, two, three, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Jackson Woolley, I think finished third and he got a pushback too. I saw that in the, in the, uh, in the results in your report. Yes. Yeah. I was there scale line waiting for them to cross and, and both sides were pushed in. Uh, so that bumper was basically just hanging on for dear life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so unfortunately took away a podium finish for Jackson Wolney. Uh, as you said, crossing the line in third ended up finishing in the eighth spot that promoted Oliver Weldon, who put, I had no idea until I had to look back and, 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 and look at the results. Weldon was unable to make a lap in qualifying. So he had to start the, each of the heat races in the 28th position. So pulled off a very similar performance to what Norberg did, yeah. uh, finishing 12th, 17th, and 13th in the heat races to start the main event from the 12th position. And again, with the heated P3 fight, was able to fight his way forward. And as we said, crossed the line in the fourth spot. And then with Wolney getting the penalty, moved him up to the third position on the podium. Wow, that's a big, uh, yeah, both we talked about Norberg already coming forward and for Oliver Weldon to do that as well. That's, you know what, for me, a lot of the time that shows kind of the, the mental maturity of a young driver. David, obviously he's in his first year running in the X30 junior category on a full-time basis. Uh, very impressive to be able to keep himself focused and to get to where he needs to be a P3 uh, after that start in qualifying. That's that's big for Oliver. It's very big. You know, yeah, we, that, that's something we've seen before. You know, he's able to to kind of knife his way through the field and, and does it very well. And, yeah. you know, I'll get into it a little bit more later, but that's that's what the way the, this format is. It allows that to happen. True. Yeah, yeah. Recover, the recovery, the recovery from qualifying can happen yeah. if, you, if you stay the course through the through the uh, the three heat races. Exactly. Uh, cap off a top ten, uh, top five, Dave. Uh, Emma Kate Scarborough in the Chad Dockin Racing Cart Republic or Donner. Wait, Dockin. Yes, Dockin. I always get the. There's a Chad Donner. There is. Too, there so is. I, yeah. <laughs> I get those two mixed up. Yeah. Uh, and then Leonardo Escorpioni uh, rounding out the top five. There you go. What? Uh, where did? What happened to Miller in the main? Did you did you already say that? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I think this one trying to because they he was in both races because it's, because it's a carbon copy. Those I got it. It was a it. very similar thing. I want to say this was where they made contact. Uh, him and Vidmontien. I'm, okay. I'm double checking that, but you know the the heated battle for third. There was a lot of racing okay. going on. I. I'm trying to see. I'll just, but- as you look, there, I'll just say this. Uh, obviously, through the Scusa Winter Series, we've seen this. And, then, of course, uh, we're going to see it all year. I got—I have a feeling that Stephen Miller and Ernesto Rivera are going to have just great battles all year long. You can throw other drivers in there. A Scorpione, Misella, uh, you know, I'm not sure how much racing Max Taylor is going to do. Oliver Weldon's going to continue to get better and better. Yeah. But uh, we're, Miller Miller versus Rivera, we're going to see a lot of that this year, I think. It, it was uh, contact with Misella. 
So uh, okay. lap, lap 20 contact between those two drivers. So Masella ended up finishing 10th, Steven Miller down in the 13th position. Late race, yeah. A tough one for him for sure, despite uh, showing the speed throughout. But again, we'll talk more about him on the next one because he's up top quite a bit. Uh, the hard charger in X30 Junior was Caleb Campbell on the Tony carts uh, up 10 spots, started 24th and ends up finishing in the 14th position. Uh, let's move to KA 100 junior, which is presented by BBS racing. Here's your headline. Uh, Rivera doubles up with career firsts. Yeah. The KA 100 junior category was actually the first class on the racetrack, but the way I put the script, I put X 31st. Uh, but, uh, and essentially it is, uh, you know, first victories in both categories for Rivera. So, uh, it's interesting, uh, the way the weekend played out because, Rivera didn't look like he was going to be the driver to beat in K100 Junior. That driver was Stephen Miller, as we just mentioned earlier. Miller set the fast lap in qualifying and won all three of his heat races, very similar to what we saw in K100 Senior with Christian Miles. Yeah. Uh, Vid Montien was the driver in the uh, one of the drivers to uh, Vid Montien won two of the heat races that Miller did not, and then finished second to him in the A versus D heat race. And then the B versus C heat race actually went to Brinkman after Rivera uh, suffered a three spot position penalty for contact. So Rivera, towards the end of the of the week, kind of was there. Rivera finished second, second, and then won that provisionally that heat race, and then fell down the order. So that put him third on the grid. But again, really never was kind of in the lead. Just was right there and and kind of fighting for position. So uh, it. Look, going into the main event, it was still kind of everybody had their eye on Miller. He was going to be the driver to beat. Uh, the main event kicked off, and uh, let me just say, this was the one. Uh, you thought K100 Senior was wild. This was probably the most craziest race I had seen. I, I just the just this sheer number just freaks me out, and is just amazing to, because 19 official lead changes in 26 laps, wow. and that's just official, just at the line. Yeah. That doesn't include all the other passing. Uh, moments that happen before they get to the line as well too so again there once they started racing there was no telling who was going to be the driver to win eventually as the race wore on Rivera was able to grab the lead uh, coming to the white flag and that was a winning move uh, I don't remember the pass I don't remember who it was on because there was just so much lead changes <laughs> so much change for position basically Rivera Grabbed it at the end, leaded when he needed to, and was able to win by just over a tenth over, um, I forgot Luque, Luque's last name. Fernando. Uh, Fernando. Luque, yep. Fernando Luque aboard the Tony cart. So uh, ah. it was a it was a wild one. Again, Miller was right there all race long. Uh, unfortunately, it just didn't, it didn't go his way. Ended up finishing in the third spot aboard his cart, Republic. Uh, Leonardo Escorpioni ended up finishing in the fourth spot after Max Taylor suffered a uh, three position penalty for contact. So that moved Escorpioni up into the fourth spot and moved Eli Warren, one of the, uh, the up and coming drivers making that transition from four cycle to two cycle, uh, finishing in the fifth spot aboard his red speed. Yeah, big win for Rivera to go back-to-back. -back. Obviously, he started it off. You said this was the first uh, junior race for them. So, Rivera gets the day off, started off well, and then backs it up with an X30 junior win. I got to believe, uh, David, that Stephen Miller's looking forward already to getting to, to Houston to Speed Sports Racing Park to see if he can't come out, come, you know, come back in to the next USPKS race and, and get those wins that maybe eluded him on this particular opening weekend. 
Yeah, without a doubt. Again, at, in his home state, you know, he's he's performed really well at a lot of the Florida racetracks. Uh, you know, we saw him do well at the Super Nationals, of course, winning one of the uh, the main events there in the K100 junior category. Um, so, again, yeah, I would expect redemption being on the mind for him yeah. heading into Houston. Uh, hard charger in the KA 100 junior class was John Antonino on the CRG up 29 spots. That's a big move from the back. Started 44th, was able to drive his way up to 15th. And David, we talked about this a little in the Outlap Preview podcast. You talked about the way this racetrack is designed with a lot of you know a lot of hairpins. Um, I, the, as much as I watched throughout the weekend, uh, you could see the minute you opened up, you know, to get the corner to set for the corner to get a good run out of the corner, guys would dive down the inside. There was there's so much opportunity to make a pass on drivers, especially if you're significantly quicker. So for Antonino to come from deep in the field, that's must have been a fun drive for him forward. Yeah, coming from the last chance qualifier, finished fourth, got tra- got his transfer spot in, and you know wasn't quick. You know his la- you know you look at his best lap time, he was almost nine tenths off what the leaders were doing, but I think he had the long-term pace, you know, he didn't fall off at the end of the race. He just continued to keep passing everybody. Um, You know, when you look at the, at the field, 37 drivers took the checkered flag. So he passed a lot of race cards. Right. No doubt. All right. Let's cap off this segment and go with KA 100 masters. We talked about how this category transitioning from X 30 last year to KA this year, uh, the category brought to you by speed concepts racing. And here's the headline. Rawlison sets tone for new category. Yeah, it was a, again, a new era ushered in with shifter carts, but a new era also with the master's category moving from the X30 engine to the K100 power plant. And I think this is going to set up for some exciting racing and exciting championship chase as we move along throughout the season. Uh, last year's X30 master champion, Danilo Romalo, was the quickest driver provisionally in the qualifying session. Unfortunately, was removed following te- technical inspection. That promoted Mike Rollison, who was just off his pace or just off Romalo's pace a little bit in qualifying, moved him to the top spot as he would lead the field to the green flag in all three re- heat races. Uh, this first heat, he fell back a little bit. Rollison did, but was able to fight his way back into the front. Unfortunately, it was without a battery. Oh, no. <laughs> I think early on, I think lap two, it might have been. He came through the S's where everybody's making the jumps and the battery disintegrated. It came in million pieces, it seemed like. Wow. Uh, and he was able to continue on and race. Unfortunately, came in underweight uh, after losing that battery. So that moved or that moved more. Martin Stone into the race win and gave Rollison a disqualification. So in the long term, did not exactly help him uh, for grid position in the main event. Rollison went on to win both Heat Two and Heat Three, starting from the pole position with a mixture of different drivers in the top three, including Martin Stone, uh, Scott Cop, T- Tommy Anderson, and Alex Dancho. So it was, it was, it was kind of a mixture of who was going to be the top challenger for Rollison yep. uh, heading into the main event um, with Rollison's disqualification. However, put Martin stone on the pole position for the main event alongside Alex Doncho, a driver taking advantage of the 200 pound, I believe it's 200 pound or 190 or wherever the weight limit is. Um, he used to race K 100 senior uh, the last few years. So he's moved up uh, to the master category due to the weight uh, uh, option. Option. That's yeah. a, that's a good word. I'm just trying to think. <laughs> I got you, dog. I got you. So the main event, uh, again, Rollison started back in. Uh, I was supposed to pull that up and I forgot to. 
Uh, Rollison started back in the, I want to say, ninth position. I'm wow. So it's so, so Stone there. and Dantrell on row one, Mar- Lu- yeah. Lauren Dumardin and Nikki Coelho on row two, Scott Cop on row three, P5. How where, how far back was Rollison? Six, sorry. Uh, okay. Sixth position. All right. So outside of row three. No, that's the wrong lineup because they, they had a change. Yeah. So yeah, we'll just go with six. All right. Six sounds good. Oh, yeah, so outside row three. So not too bad, but considering he won two heat races, that certainly helped uh, his position. And, and obviously other drivers having issues as well. You know, Tommy look at, Anderson. Look at, was look at your notes there, well. Dave. You, you have Rawlson P7 at the start. Yeah, that was wrong. Sorry. <laughs> well, so can I can I explain something to you why? Yeah. So right now, my laps, there's two different race re- race results on, on, on my laps. So oh, again, good. we use this. This is my Bible. This is yeah. what I use. 100%. Fortunately, Orbitz continues to put out new, new software updates. So let's see. 5.8 was what it was. Now there's a 5.9. Well, guess what? Race Hero doesn't work with 5.9. So we have to go back to 5.8. Well, we can't go back to 5.8 now because Orbitz <laughs> won't let you go. Do- so there's a lot of bullshit that I had to go through and Ali Long had to go through. And it's still a lot of bullshit because it's all on, it's uploads to two different versions of the results. So I'm trying to find the one that I'm supposed to go to and I can't find it and it's pissing me off, Rob. David uh, Cole's rant, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by Howden Media Group. <laughs> Brought to you by Orbits. <laughs> Brought to you by Orbits in my laps. Oh my god! Good for you, Dan. You feel better? A little bit? Uh, no, I need to yell more. So he right. started six. So I okay. found the correct lineup. So yes, it was six because right. the reason was is Romalo was penal. I was supposed to start six. He came again from last to fifth, and I believe it was seventh or something like that, and twelfth. So he was actually supposed to start six. But he received a disqualification as well, too, for another technical issue. So that the the original lineup had him uh, Rollison in seventh, and then the actual start put him sixth. So that's so let's talk about the race. Then let's get away from the grid sheet. Let's talk about the race. Yeah, well, you know, depending on where you start, you know, matters a lot. The outside line was not the best spot, Rob. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. A couple <laughs> drivers were a couple of good drivers in the front front were able to hold the spot, but man, yeah, if you were if you were second, third, fourth row, man, it was tougher, wasn't it? It was a little bit tougher. Yeah. It, it just especially when you had to to get uh, in line for that quick left-hander, that's where where the shit stirred yeah. a lot. And, you know, so Rollison starting 6 didn't exactly get the best start, but was able to f- be 5th after the opening lap. Uh, and then methodically worked his way. He got one driver per lap and was into the second spot by lap four and then set his sights on Martin Stone. It was great. The two drivers kind of just pulled away from the rest of the field. It was Lorenzo Mardan that eventually moved into the third spot. So you had two drivers out front, Mardan solo and third, and then the rest of the, uh, I guess, third group uh, fighting for the fourth spot. Um and Rollison didn't look like he was he was setting up, he was waiting for something to happen and he did it towards the end of the race and then him and Stone just basically went back and forth you know Rollison made a move and then Stone came back Rollison made a move then Stone came back so it was kind of a good back and forth between these two drivers but that allowed Mardan to close right back yeah close right to the back bumper of both of those drivers towards the end of the race so Mardan was in the mix as well too uh, but Rollison just was able to better Stone uh, in the closing laps with a couple of moves and and be able to get away just a little bit and did so in the closing laps to be able to secure uh, his first USPKS victory and the first for the K100 Master Division. 
Yeah, super cool to see the, the team owner of the Rawlson Performance Group get out there and, and do some racing. I know he, he ran the second weekend of the uh, Scusa Winter Series as well. So, you know, there's still that burning desire to get a chance to get behind the wheel, but also to bring, you know, more. Number one, I, was, I talked to Mike afterwards. You know, you bring more information to the team, obviously, by, you know, for, for that level, for the Masters category, to, you know, setup wise, whatever it is, gearing. But also, to, you know, David, you also kind of, you, you reiterate the fact that you know what you're talking about, right? You're sitting there, you, when you're talking to your master's drivers or whatever, you're telling them what to do. And, hey, you haven't raced in a long time. You know, you're telling me what to do. But where for, for Mike to go out there and, and lay the laps down, now you come back and you kind of kind of reset, I think, your expertise within the within the team, right? Well, especially with the uh, the X30 junior drivers uh, finishing just before uh, his race. So they're yeah. on the scale line. They're able to watch as they're waiting to scale, you know, Mike on the racetrack. So they're able to see him perform on the racetrack rather than, you know, goofing off at the tent. Sure. They're, they're, they're kind of forced there to watch and see what the boss man does on the racetrack. It was 1.18 seconds, the margin of victory between Rollison and, and Lauren Tumardan, who got into second, Martin Stone finishing in third, Tommy Anderson in fourth, and Scott Kopp on the Merlin rounding up the top five. We mentioned Romalho and some issues that uh, put him deeper in the field. Started 16th. He is the hard charger up 10 positions to finish sixth. And I did confirm KA100 Master and KA100 Senior did get two sets of tires. So they they were very they a harder compound. But uh, just like the X30 categories, we're given two tires. All right, folks, another break of the action. When we get back, we'll wrap up the race report, which is presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. We'll give you a deep dive into Mini Swift and Micro Swift. More to come on this edition of The Debrief. If you want to challenge yourself against the best drivers in the sport, put the United States Pro Kart Series on your calendar. Established in 2013, the USPKS is entering its 11th season following record participation numbers. The 2023 season, presented by MG Tires and IAMI USA East, is slated to hit five major tracks over five weekends to decide the champions in the now eight categories. The season opens at the Orlando Kart Center on March 10th through the 12th with the USPKS program visiting the Orlando, Florida facility for the second straight year. Two new facilities will welcome USPKS for the first time in 2023. Round two takes place at the crown jewel of Texas karting, Speed Sports Racing Park on April 28th through the 30th. The track is located just north of Houston. The other new location is the repaved and extended Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati in Batavia, Ohio, and the date is set for the August 25th to the 27th weekend. Newcastle Motorsports Park sits between those two new tracks on the schedule, hosting round three on June 23rd through the 25th. The USPKS 2023 finale is confirmed for the unofficial series home at the GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina on October 5th through the 7th weekend. The event will include the series year-end awards ceremony on October 8th. There's a reason the series is logging record numbers. Come find out for yourself. Head to USPKS.com for more information. Move up to Carding. Move up to the USPKS. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. 
Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. Welcome back to episode 109 of our EKN Debrief as David Cole gives us his race report from the USPKS opener in Orlando last weekend. Of course, starting off this five-weekend program. Uh, we'll move our way into the final segment of the race report presented by Acceleration Car Racing. We'll go to Mini Swift, which uh, is sponsored in the USPKS by DNJ Intermodal Services. Here is the headline. Palacio claims career first. Yeah, it was... A good performance, you know, something we saw at the Scusa Winter Series by Palacio winning three of the four main events down there. Uh, and aside from qualifying, it was all Palacio. Uh, they missed the setup, unfortunately, in qualifying. Uh, the axle shifted, so it slowed his pace down in the session. Do uh, Jul- Julian Rivera was actually the provisional pole setter. Unfortunately, he had a pushback bumper during the session, so he lost his fast lap of the session. That promoted Ashton Moon, last year's micro champion, uh, to the uh, the pole position for all three heat races. Unfortunately for him, Palacio adjusted the axle and made it stick. Uh, the remainder of the heat races, Palacio went on to win all three heat races, starting from the seventh position uh, on the grid. Uh, and so he earned the call the, the pole position for the main event alongside Max Christia, uh, Ethan Tovo and Marco. Uh, I'm going to say his name wrong again. Samut. 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 I knew I was going to say it wrong. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> filled up the, the second row. Um, so again, wound had some issues. I think there was contact with him and Tristan Murphy in the opening heat race. So that cost them. Uh, valuable valuable positions uh, on the grid for the main event. Main event, however, was uh, probably the more boring race when you look at it at the front because Palacio led every single circuit uh, in route to what is his first United States Pro Kart Series victory in the Mini Swift category, uh, winning by just over half a second uh, over the field. Yeah, Tristan Murphy coming home in second on the Nitro. Antonio Pizonia Nito on the Parallel P3. Julian Rivera on the Energy, as David had mentioned, had the fast lap in qualifying, but that pushback knocked him down. Uh, Kaimar is rounding out the top five on the Cart Republic. And, and for Rivera, um, although he wasn't able to get the fast lap, uh, the way things kind of shook down in the heat races and where he started the main, both he and Pizonia Nito, David sharing the hard chargers, both those drivers coming up 15 spots. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, Rivera just wasn't able to get himself up forward in the heat races for some reason. You know, losing that fast lap put him down well down the the, the qualifying order. So uh, just wasn't able to get into the top 10 throughout the heat races. Uh, Neto had some issues in one of the heat races, so that moved him down the order. So he started 18th while Rivera started in the 19th <clears throat> position. So they both moved up 15 spots. Tristan Murphy also up 12. Again, he had two runner-up finishes in the heat races, but that first one with contact dropped him down to nearly last. Uh, so that put him down the order to 12th for the main event grid. So good drives by all three drivers who 
were the, the class of the field once uh, for that battle for second. Good start for Pazonia Nito as well. Just one more final note for, for Minnie, knowing the fact that he started the season off in the Micro Swift category in the Scusa Winter Series. So here's a kid that's jumped up into the Mini Swift class, uh, is micro age. So good job for him to get on the podium, David, in that opening weekend. Yeah, but if I recall, Palacio's micro age as well, too. Yeah, yeah, let's not bring Palacio into this right now. Was he nine? I think he's nine now, isn't he? Yeah, so, oh, I mean, yeah, goodness. they're both very young drivers uh, in the mini category who, again, you can race mini until the age 12. So that's, that's the, the interesting thing. So, um, yeah, Pizzonio Nato, he, he, I think he, he, obviously being his first weekend in the mini, uh, is – gonna have he's got some work to do he's got the pace there's no doubt about it but i just noticed in one of the heat races i mean it was lap two and he's already defending and yeah. it was just it was Patient. like no yeah. you gotta you you just yeah don't do that so yeah. uh we'll, we'll see how how he continues to progress uh moving up to the mini mini category all right let's cap off the race report here folks with micro swift presented by team ferris racing here is the headline ives drives to first uspks triumph yeah, it was a, uh, an, a, a almost similar to what we saw in mini as uh, the top qualifier wasn't able to kind of perform once we got to wheel to wheel racing. But it was a great, uh, great session put in by uh, by the top qualifier. Oh, I'm trying to get to it here. Sorry, I forgot his first name. That's I'm it. trying get, to find get it. Get it dialed in. <laughs> I'm telling you, back to back weekends, Rob. They're just they're just they wear on you. Josh how Bergman. Do you, how do you go. do it, David? <laughs> How do you do it? How I know. do you do it? How you, try four in a row, my friend. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but listen, it, it, it's it's all good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bang on you. No, you're <laughs> just trying to fill content because I'm trying to find the name. That's okay. <laughs> uh, Josh Josh Bergman. So the Sodi Kart driver, PK <clears throat> Sports driver, great debut for that brand and the team uh, on those colors to be able to set fast time and qualifying. Unfortunately, just wasn't able to race well. Uh, ended up with a best finish a third over the three heat races. However, it was Parker Ives that was the top driver uh, in the heat races as he came up uh, from, uh, see, too many, I'm telling you, too many spreadsheets, Rob. That's the problem it. I got right now. I know, Dave, just work on it. Work. So Eves was, yeah, Eves was <laughs> able to to drive his way to the lead and mm. to the win in all three heat races. So it was a really good performance by him. Um, you know, again, we, it was kind of one of those drivers we thought we were going to see uh, do well because essentially this is his second full season uh, in the category. So he's coming up from that fifth position in all three heat races to score the race win. And then now led the field to the green flag starting on the pole position uh, for the main event. Out front, it was a four driver fight. It was basically Eves along. I'm sorry with Aston Wyatt. Um, Maxwell Macha and Colton Scheinenberger. Scheinenberg. See? Schneegenberg. Schneegenberg. It could be Schneigenberg, actually. It's IE. We should Sh- confirm that. We'll confirm it's it. It's IE, yes. It could be Schneigenberg. Schneigen- Schneigenberg. See, my German should come out. I don't know. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so those were the four drivers up front. Um, Wyatt actually lost the draft a little bit. Uh, af- about, about the halfway point. So ended up being three drivers out front. Um, Parker, however, led the final eight laps. He was challenged throughout the way, but never relinquished that top spot and was able to drive his way, uh, aboard the nitro cart to victory and his first, uh, in USPKS competition. Yeah. Maxwell Macha coming home in second spot, uh, Colton Schneigenberg, 
uh, on the energy ends up in third. Wyatt and uh, Luke Giulio uh, on the Cart Republic capping off a top five. Looking at, at the results, David, Josh Bergman, you mentioned Josh uh, running that Sodi cart, qualified on the pole position. Actually turned the fast lap of the race as well, but didn't get to the end. Not sure what happened to him, but didn't get to the end of the main event, although did have the fast lap. So again, he'll, you know, he'll have something he can hang his hat on looking you know for the next weekend when they get to Houston. Yeah, if I recall correctly, it might have been contact that took him out of the race. Okay. Yeah, it happens. Obviously, as we know, Jake uh, Manalio on the Alonso up 11 spots as your hard charger in the MicroSwift category started 18th, fought his way to the top 10. Anytime you start outside the top 15 and you end up in the top 10, even up to seventh, that's a pretty good day. Yeah, great day. And again, had just a little bit uh, better pace than some of the mid packers um, towards the end of the race. You know, wasn't the quickest uh, in terms of fast lap, but uh, continuous. Uh, movement up up upward and gained i think what three positions on the final circuit all right folks let's wrap things up after this break one more uh, little stoppage here we'll hear from some of our sponsors and come back we'll wrap things up we'll look at the constructors championship and then we'll look at the ecan trackside live race calendar for the uh, month of march and april it's a multi-time world champion and it's a Supercarts USA Super Nationals winner. It is SodiCart. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the US. Sodi Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the SodiCart chassis line under the karting distribution banner, led by industry veteran Terry Germanovich. The French manufacturer SodiCart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sodi Racing chassis line offers product in classes from Mini to KZ, all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Sodi Racing USA has already begun establishing its dealer network, working with the Karting Collective on the West Coast, and recently signing PK Sport to serve as a dealer and the official race team on the East Coast. Visit Sodi-Racing-USA.com to learn more about the Sodi Kart chassis line or call 954-634-5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA Network today. Sodi Kart, the world leader in the karting industry. Made in the USA. It's not just a statement, it's the mission at Factory Karts of America. Led by four-time Supernats champion Billy Musgrave, Factory Carts manufactures their frames completely in-house at the Riverside, California facility. Built and designed from the ground up specifically for the American karting market, Factory Carts brings new innovations and solutions that are long overdue. Factory Carts bring together the highest quality materials to produce a high-performance, long-lasting cart that has been designed and perfected from three years of development, with a focus for a big push across North America in 2023. No other karting manufacturer stands behind its product like Factory Carts does, providing a two-year warranty on all their frames. Do you remember when American Made meant innovative, original, stronger, faster, and just plain better? Well, American Made is back. Contact Factory Carts today to join the American Made movement. Learn more by visiting factorycarts.com or email Billy anytime at info at factorycarts.com. Welcome back to episode 109 of the EKN Debrief. We've worked our way through the race report. Now we'll wrap things up with David uh, Cole giving us his insight from a, a weekend of trackside coverage at the USPKS opener in Orlando, Florida. David, 
What's your what's your thoughts on the wrap up? Obviously, uh, the format that was kind of the big topic. Um, a lot of positive feedback. Obviously, it's tough to to get away from the two finals per weekend because everybody loves that warm and fuzzy feeling of if I do bad on Sunday or Saturday, I can come back and race again on Sunday. The so, do over, right? Yeah. yeah, the do over feeling. Um, it's yeah. So I, you know, I think there's there was a lot of positive feedback about it. Um, you know, and obviously there's ideas of adjustments, you know, um, reducing the amount of laps per, for the heat races, maybe by a couple, just to kind of help save on time. Um, the USBKS is possibly looking at extending qualifying to five laps rather than three laps. Um, maybe just not enough time for, for competitors to get a, a solid lap in before, you know, the tires come up to temperature. Um, there's also the talk of maybe splitting up the main events on Sunday, uh, very similar to what we see at Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and Rock Vegas uh, or and even Super Nationals for like the heat races. Um, so Sunday being, you know, four classes having your warm up and main events and then going to warm up and main events for the other four categories. So what's uh, would that would that be to get the podiums done? And, you know, the, the, the no, right, right it's it's or? so you're not sitting there for five hours after warm up waiting for your main event. All right, OK, I get that. Um, yeah. you know, you look at it, the warm ups were done by 915. Well, the, those last categories, X30 Pro and Mini, they sat around for nearly five hours before their main events. So. Um, that's kind of the issue, you know, you don't want, especially the mini category, you don't want them sitting around for five hours with nothing to do in a, in a, in a race paddock because yep. no scooters, no bikes, none of this, none of that. <laughs> they get into trouble. That's true. <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah, so that's part of it. So, but again, you also have to, you know, try and get the last chance qualifiers in before and try and not, you know, rush those drivers as well. So again, just looking to fine tune and, and see what's going to work and see what's not. I will say it was way better than last year's format when we were in Orlando, trying to do both qualifying sessions on Friday and then just running pre-finals and finals and, and last chance qualifiers on each Saturday and Sunday. It was way better than that. You know, I, I will take the one final format. I will take the long Saturday that we had any day over, over any other format myself personally and 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 then what we had last year nice okay yeah good insight yeah um, because again the main events on sunday we were done at a pretty reasonable time i want to say around 3 30 um unfortunately you know got to you still got to wait for tech you know there's eight categories that they have to tech and and you know rick jump's not one to just brush things off he wants yeah. to make sure people are legal there's you know what was the price package over eighteen thousand dollars in cash prizes being awarded um so again it, it does take time to and fine tune it again this was the first time they've done it so it's about fine tuning it agreed agreed what about you you mentioned tire wear earlier talking about tire degradation was that actually a thing throughout the weekend it was you know especially in the shifter and x30 pro um even even in ka 100 masters they talked about it uh you know the track changing the way the tire just wasn't you know holding up to what it used to um so i don't know if it was rather weather related or if it's a tire uh you know just not having that same long wear um healthiness or okay. it just i don't know or just maybe you know very similar to what we see in nascar um they're not you know guys aren't able to adjust their chassis to for these long runs that we have uh in the main events because again 26 laps that's you know, that's longer than super nationals. That's longer than anywhere else we go. Um, so maybe it's just that they're, you know, 
we talk about it, you know, some people wear out the tires a little more than others. And so they're not good at the end. So that's, I, like, so I, I, so I they, love it. In, instead of blaming themselves, they're blaming the tire itself. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's something that obviously will follow. Um, we'll see as we go along, because again, this is the first time we're running 26 main, 26 lap main events. So it typically was around what I want to say, 22. Yeah. Um, yep, you're right. And again, 20, it's a yep. long racetrack, 50, 51 second laps, if not longer, uh, for, for the quicker categories, not, you know, including shifters. So, um, yeah, I mean, physically, I think a lot of the drivers, they, they handled it, it you know, it was pretty hot, but, um, you know, it was funny. We, somebody thought Kremers was tired. He's like, no, I'll go another 26 laps. I just don't know if my tires will make it. So, yep. um, so that was kind of the issue, but again, the track gets very greasy, um, especially in, you know, anytime after noon. Um, so that's, that's part of the issue as well. And, and some of the last main events were in the afternoon. So that, that's part of it as well. So again, we'll learn more about it when we get to speed sports, how that racetrack, um, handles things, how, you know, that the, the, the rubber lays down, how, you know, the track conditions there, you know, Mark French would be a great person to, 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 to learn from obviously Alan Rudolph as well. So, uh, we'll, we'll have to dive into that once we get there, uh, in April. Yeah, no doubt about that. What else was any, any final bits going on for the wrap up? We're good to go. Yeah, no, just excited to, uh, to head to speed sports racing park again, yeah. that, you know, place you've been, I have not been to, uh, a proper racetrack, you know, it's got the, it'll have the new David Cole tower, uh, when I arrive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should do that. You should rename that for sure. And, uh, yeah. So just get in and out burger in Texas. So, oh, dude, you're killing me. um, you know, I mean, there's a Domino's next door that just opened. Literally I saw on Facebook this morning. Oh, one so of the things I don't know that it'll be done yet, but it's happening. Uh, oh. Right, right outside the rental cart facility at uh-huh. uh, at at Speed Sports, there um, they're building essentially a food truck plaza kind of a thing. Oh. It's, a, it's, it's a bunch, it's a bunch of containers, the sea cans that they're all setting up for different food truck. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be probably, I would say, it'll be the best food experience of any cart track in North America oh. the minute it's done. I'm not sure if it's done yet. We have to ask well, Alan how, how close they are. They were building it when we were there. And I went for my uh, my day with Alan for the Super oh, so last year. Okay, so this this was it could be done by now. Okay, yeah, it could be done by now. So you're yeah. saying it was right across the street? No, it's not even across the street. It's right oh. there. As you when you when you there's obviously two entrances. You, when you go to Speed yeah. Sports, you enter into the rental cart side, or yeah. you enter around the corner into the actual competition yeah. side. But as yeah. you come into the rental cart side, it's right to yeah. the right as soon as you come in. It's right there. Okay, there it's going to be. That's going to be. The, it's I see exactly. I'm looking on Google Maps now just to know it's because there's be also. Way. Hopefully, I'm at the Best Western down the road, so I don't even have to drive my car there. So right, I can just you, walk. It's, there. And that Best Western's really nice too. That's a really nice yeah. hotel. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. <laughs> I you know I'm I, jealous. I, I'm talking about you know people are like, well, where are they going to park there? And I'm like, well, I think they're just going to park on the rental car track. I'm not sure about that. I haven't confirmed that. If they don't, I'll obviously make laps there. If not. I'm sure Alan will let me get some laps in and something. I think the, he will on the yeah. pro track. Yeah. There's lots of, there's going to be, there's, there's, there's enough room to park everybody there. And it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be very tight, but there'll be no motorhomes. You know, the, the motorhomes can park in the RV park that's beside. Yeah. They've, yeah. They've already talked about that. They'll have, yeah. they'll, they have a cooperation with, uh, you know, having spots at the, uh, the RV resort next yeah. door. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just, 
again, excited to see how, you know, you guys talk about it, how this is a great racetrack, how it races really well. It does. It's a very physical racetrack. There's and, at least and, five places to pass easily. And or, Orlando's the same thing. It's a very physical racetrack. Yeah. I mean, we had a couple of drivers sit out because of rib injuries. So, uh, well, the, the, the thing about this track is you're not pounding the curbs like you are Orlando. Right. And I remember Jake French said at one point, it was the most physical track he's ever driven at Speed yeah. Sports, but it's so much fun to drive, man. It is. It's awesome. I loved it there. Yeah, so excited. All right, let's uh, let's cap things off. Let's jump into the Constructors' Championship. Five different brands winning over the eight main events. And just eight main events, David. I love it. I love it. But it's still over 50%. So, you know, you yeah. got you got more than uh, more than half different chassis brands winning. Cosmic, however, won four. Uh, all Rolleston Performance Group with Rivera finishing or winning two. Formal won. And Rolleston, of course, winning one. DAP got its first victory here. Uh, in the United States Pro Kart Series event program uh, after, I believe, Joe Turney went one in the Scusa Winter Series program. Uh, Ellen Racing Kart picked up a victory, Kart Republic, and Nitro Kart rounding out the five chassis brands. All right, let's cap this edition of the Debrief off with a look at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar today, brought to you by Race Lab. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full-service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Cartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing a full range of models from kid kart to shifter kart. Villeneuve Racing Karts is their flagship product, available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve, with each model produced by TB Cart. Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram, or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TB Cart and Villeneuve Racing Carts. All right, David, a couple of events, uh, really East Coast, West Coast, because you're done at the USPKS event. I'll be back actually at Orlando Cart Center. My first trip to that facility on March the 31st to April 2nd. Nate Dean and I will be there to cover the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Winter Nationals, the <clears throat> opening round of this year's Pro Tour. Looking forward to that. My turn to get to Orlando uh, to watch a bunch of great racing. And then you and I will be back together. April 14th, 15th, 16th, we head to Sonoma Raceway in Sonoma, California for the finale of this year's Challenge of the Americas. Yeah, the Scusa Winter Series or Scusa Pro Tour Winter National is going to be an exciting weekend. Uh, going to what is the March home for everyone in karting or yeah. the Kart Center, uh, following this weekend's Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour finale. Next week, everybody has off for the most part, except for those at the Texas Sprint Racing Series. That's it. And and then back there to Orlando. So excited to see what happens there and i'll be following uh you and nate online as i'm uh got my toes in the sand oh that's right and then uh <laughs> and then uh excited to head back to sonoma angelo's everything that sonoma brings uh and the challenge of the america's finale and again get to see some exciting championship battles come to a close uh that weekend with two rounds of racing Another fantastic racetrack, Sonoma Raceway. There are just mm -hmm. so many places to pass there. I love that mm -hmm. track. I've had a chance to race there myself. David, you've got lots of laps on the facility, too. It's a great track. Looking forward to getting out there to cap things off with the Challenge of the Americas family. And those of you who are part of that Rock Cup USA program, we look forward to seeing you and capping things off again in the middle of April. That wraps things up here, though, folks, from uh, the EKN studio, as David has given us a full debrief of the United States Pro Card Series opener, the Southern Grand Prix. 
at Orlando Card Center. This was episode number 109. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. We'll be coming right back around the corner. As we said, the Supercarts USA Winter Nationals at the end of the month. So an Outlap podcast coming for that for sure. We'll have the preview and have a look at the uh, the entry lists as the Supercarts USA program gets ready to start their national pro tour. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. Again, we do appreciate Parallel USA presenting our podcast here today. Thank you so much for tuning in on behalf of David Cole. My name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>